that Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford some bullshit, though. You, yo, you're going to have to tell us about that in a minute, bro. What the hell is that, bro? I, I ain't feeling that. I'm not feeling that at all, man. It makes no sense to me, man. Yo, they, they trying to play us for something, bro. I ain't feeling it, bro. Top rank is some bullshit. See, Bob Aaron trying to cash out. So he's like, look, Manny Pacquiao is going to be a short pay-per-view buy. People are going to watch him fight. But I ain't really feeling that shit, man. I don't, I don't like that. All shit, right, bro. so here we go, man. So it's your opportunity right now to weigh in on this whole thing from the jump, like you was telling me before. Specifically, why you feel like Errol Spence does not want to fight, but um, go in, don't go that. Go in, man. <clears throat> we we all know that. I've been back and forth. We've had a lot of conversations about this fight since we first met. Um, I think the main issue, the main problem is this. Um, stylistically, not an ideal fight for him. It's not an ideal person that's going to stand in front of him. Um, Danny Garcia stood in front of him. Uh, Sally true, Kel Brook, a phenomenal boxer, stood in front of him and, and fought him. Kel didn't box him, he fought him. You know what I'm saying? So stylistically, Sean Porter, what did he do? Stand in front of him and fought him. Name me anybody that Earl Spence ever fought with any type of elusiveness. Name me one. That's a that's a very good point. That's a very good point. He's never fought anybody that that can stand in the middle of the ring and I fight. I think Garcia was probably the never. closest one to where um, he countered a little bit here and there. He did catch Errol Spence, but he didn't hurt him. You talking about Mikey or Danny? Uh, Mikey. Man, when I watched that fight over and over, Mikey ain't do shit that whole fight, bro. Like, he didn't really show me anything. He just showed me that he could survive in the ring with a 147 pound. Yeah. He's not a true 147. He's a 135, 140 guy. So, Errol... He's tough, and he got beat up. That's Well, he took, he took punches, and he didn't drop. And I think that's the thing we were talking about before. Yeah, this is another thing is, who did Errol Spence... Other than Bondu, who did he knock out cold? Nobody. He got some knockouts. You know, he knocked guys out with a body shot. But when he went up in competition, he has not knocked nobody out. I'm not taking any. I'm not taking anything from Earl Spence. I'm, I'm a boxing fan. I have to be a fan of him. But. When he beat Kell Brook, Kell Brook is already beaten. I mean, this guy had injuries. He already had a broken orbital, and then he broke his other orbital. Uh, now, what kind of fight would it have been if Errol Spence, if Kell Brook, I'm sorry, if Kell Brook never fought G, he would be an undefeated fighter going into, the, going into against Errol Spence. Hell, that could have been a trilogy, for all we know. Absolutely. You talking about, about Kell Brook? The first, the first, the first loss he ever had in his career was against Triple G. Then he fights the number two guy in the welterweight division at one forty-seven and Earl Spence. Well, well, you said Triple G. Yeah, he broke him, he broke him. He did. That's, that's, I mean, it's it's 
I mean, let's be honest. Has he been the same since he fought Triple G? So you saying? I think you're right. He still. I mean, has he? Has he? Today, like <laughs> honestly, has Kell Brook really been the yeah. same dynamic Walter Wade since he fought Triple G? He has. He has declined every fight. Absolutely not. Since. And it's a sad story because he was really good. He was undefeated as a welterweight. Yeah, I remember he was up and coming, man. And he I mean, he easily, he not easily, no, no, not only easily, yeah. he convincingly beat Sean Porter. He put the show out of Showtime. Right. Dominated him. <laughs> It, it was just time for. Yeah, the- won't no, won't no, won't no show in that in that ring with Kell Brook. It was called Humble Time. Right. You know. So 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 we're gonna yeah, we're gonna so get more into detail with this. Stylistically, uh, there's nothing that, but Crawford, there's nothing Earl Spence can do to stop him. From hitting him, uh, Errol Spence is very hittable. Very hittable. Yeah. I, again, I said that with the Garcia. Gar- both Garcias was was tagging him a little bit. They connected. They just ain't had no power behind it. But you, but but you know, like you said, and we talked about this before. Errol Spence is a very active fighter. He def- he definitely likes to throw that jab a lot. So, but is a great counter. Yeah, he's, he's a, the thing is the, the elusiveness. Uh, I'm just saying, man, there's things that Crawford can do that Errol Spence can't do. And Errol Spence always say people doubt his skills. I don't doubt his skills at all. Like, he showed me great boxing skills against Danny, uh, not, not Danny Garcia, against Mikey Garcia. He showed me great boxing skills against Mikey. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. Everybody thought that he was going to go in there and bust him up, knock him out. No, he said, I'm going to punish him. He punished him. Punished him. When I witnessed that fight, when I was there at that fight, I witnessed a punishment. Yeah. It was a massacre. That was in Texas. Yeah. That was in and Texas. This is the thing. That was Texas. Yeah. Brian Crawford can float like a butterfly. He can sting like a bee. He can he, he can counter Uh-oh. you. Uh oh. <laughs> he can he can hit you with one punch and change the fight. Okay. He can switch on you. He can, he, I mean, he can, he can even, you know what I'm saying? He can get dirty with you. He can, he can dog it out with you. He can trade with Earl. He can do all of that. Right. He can do all of that. Earl can't, like, what can Earl do? If Earl can't go toe-to-toe with him and Crawford don't engage going toe-to-toe and he makes Earl fight him and Earl cannot effectively use the jab, what can he do? What can you do? Yeah, that, that's that's what. If I was in Errol Spence camp, that's my concern. What would be the strategy then, though? Because I remember we talked about this earlier. He was like, "It's a 50-50 shot." You was leaning towards Errol Spence at first. Now you changing it. You switching it up. Because I've been with Bub from, from day one. I felt he was the best at one forty-seven. Felt he was the best when he was at one forty. So, but what would be the strategy for Errol Spence? Cool. Then, Cut the case? ring. Don't let don't let him use the ring. Keep him in the, keep him on the ropes. Keep keep him from using the yeah. totality of the ring. Cut 
the ring. Make him use half of the ring and use don't let him use any angles. Make him fight your fight. Keep him in front of you. Keep him in front of you, cut the ring. That's the only way. That's the only way I see him winning. Okay. It, 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 it ain't gonna be that simple. simple. But, I, I, but if he can cut if he can cut the ring off, if he can cut the ring and Bud wants to sit there and fight him, then it's gonna be interesting to see how it how it pans out. But I think Crawford's camp no. He can't box with us. Box him. School him. He can't he can't fight he can't he can't box with him. I see what you're saying. And of course I think Bud got the more power. You yeah, know, I think he do. I think Bud might hit uh, him too. The, we, yeah. I think that's what he gets is. guys out of there, bro. The you wanna where people will say, Oh, they're bums. He I mean, bro. Everybody know America was already punch drunk, but he rocked him and he ended it. One, not not. I mean, one That's punch. What I'm trying to say. And the way Kel Brook, Kel Brook, one punch. Out exactly. Of right. He not playing around, man. With yeah, that, that what? He, he got that that right hand, and you know what? He, he got left hand. He got both. Either hand, he can hurt you. Either hand. Yeah, that's true. He's ambidextrous. Yeah, he can go you with the band. Yeah, that's true. But he seems to clean dudes out. He seems to clean them out with the right. Moment. Oh, yeah. Main and I mean, it, it's going to be an exciting fight, man. But I just, stylistically, uh, Earl Smith and this camp need to be, they need to definitely be concerned. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but you could, you, but, you being but nice right thing. now. Because you tell me what. This is the thing. Tell me what you <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to Earl Spence, he has more to lose in boxing than Bud Crawford. Right. You're the champ. You're the unified world welterweight champion, and let's be honest, you fought a beaten Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia, every step of the competition, he's lost. Keith Thurman, Sean Porter. Every step of the competition, he's lost. I agree. Right. That, okay, you came out of an right. accident, which was impressive, to take on a guy that can knock you out, and you beat him. Correct. And that, that was the most impressive thing, coming out that. Yeah, you and didn't know he, he handled punch as well. Punch, but it's Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia hasn't been the same since he lost to Keith Thurman. Okay. He hasn't been the same. Yeah, that's true. He lost two fights in a row. He lost to Keith Thurman, then Sean Porter, back to back. Then he started fighting. Well, I give him credit for you know for taking on that fight with Earl Spence. He, yeah, I he was ducking. But see, this the thing: they always ducking Earl. They, even Sean Porter, they always ducking Earl. He ain't fight nobody. There's one thing we got to give Earl Spence. Nobody gave him a chance. Nobody wanted to fight him, and now he's now he's the cash cow. Now now everybody. He's begging for a fight with him. But Bud Crawford was not even, he was a 135-pounder. Right. Let's talk about a guy that was fighting 135 five years ago. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. this is the yeah. thing. Earl Spence, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to say this, and I don't, get, I don't care. He know he can't beat him. And he acting like a bitch, straight up. You know, when we talk about champions like Marvin Hagler, yeah. which Earl Spence remind me of Hagler, 
He fought everybody. He fought. He beat champions. Fight the champ. He fought everybody. For champions, y'all need to fight. Earl Spence is ducking. Ain't no, it ain't no Terrence Crawford ducking. It's Earl Spence. Everybody want to talk about Terrence Crawford resume, but he ain't, he ain't walking from fights. He trying to make the fights happen. He want the Earl Spence fight. He don't want to fight nobody else. He wants to fight Earl Spence. Why is that fight not happening? And let's be honest. And that's, let's be honest. Who so, I, I who manages? Yeah. Earl yeah. Who who Al Heyman? What does Al Heyman do? Right. He postponed fights. They make more sense at the right time. That's what he did with Floyd. He's gonna he's gonna let his fighters. Yeah. You're he's right. gonna protect his fighters. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna let protect his fight. money. But this is boxing. There is no protection. This is boxing. You are a fighter. You fight for a living. There's no protecting your resume. There's no protecting your uh, your loss to win ratio. You got to take L's in the fight game. This is the fight game. You got to take the chance. But he don't want he he, he want to protect that just like Mayweather. He want to protect that uh, that record, man. He they, these guys prefer that. The unblemished, perfect record. Over they don't want to be legends. The they don't want to be legends. The legend, every legend I know, yeah. got L's, and they got more than. I agree. Yeah, I can't. I can't name one outside of me. The greatest fighter to ever live has double figure loss. Yes. Oh, Sugar Ray. His double figure loss. Robinson. He's the greatest fighter ever lived. I mean, yeah, but he got like double figure losses. <laughs> Muhammad Ali yeah, got five true, losses. True. You know what I'm saying? He's a... Ernie Shavers lost. He lost a couple of fights. More than a couple. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. at the, what, what, what is wrong with these guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's taken away from the sport. It is a damn shame. So everybody can come for Earl Spence to come to protect him. Fuck all that. He needs to fight. He needs to fight the best. And he needs to beat the best and the best in the world. The best fighter everybody believes who is the best is Terrence Crawford. And if he does if he's not fighting him, no other fight makes sense at this point. Well, I, I agree with you there. And and you know, like you said, you made a good point about they trying to protect his brand and all that, but I feel like I agree with you. The thing is, from a business standpoint, I mean, I know they don't want to lose, but having that rematch clause where we can... That's my point. Why, why not? Twice. Well, it's like this. You know, how much money... Earl Spence is bigger than Joshua and Tyson. To me, it is. It's not, it's not a bigger fight that would be, yeah. based on the numbers and based on the... Uh, how much Great Britain is gonna, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, uh, I have a little brain fart today, man. Um, when it comes to support, the, the support of the fans in, in the UK, it will be a bigger fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. But to me, the real, the best fight in boxing, styles, stylistically, 
the fight everybody want to see in America, the fight everybody really want to see is Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. Pay-per-view buys was going to go through the roof. Um, taking a 70-30 split, Errol Spence takes 70, Bud take 30% of the purse and the revenue from pay-per-view he will make more money off this fight than any fight in his career. But why are you always going to that number? He ain't going to get 60-40. split. Why not 60-40? He ain't going to get it. No. Uh, already, they, 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 you know why? I'm going to send it to you. Why not? Check it out. No, I got you. You know, we we, we go get the info. Um, hold on. You know, yeah, yeah we go. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And you're breaking in the oh, out a little bit, so I don't know if you're moving over there. Okay, well, you know, I'm on my, I'm on my headphones. My you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I'm on my headphones. So, uh, okay. they tried a 60-40. Oh, they didn't want to do it. See? Check it out. I'm going to read Earl Spence Crawford must take 60-40 or 70-30. Yeah, Crawford says that Earl Spence chopper is now closed. Last Saturday night, that he's a big dog at 147. Crawford would need to agree to 60-40 and 70-30 split for a fight in 2021. We just talked about that. He wants he he wants 50-50. Yeah. Tells Crawford feels 50-50 is fair, but we both said, based on who he's fought in 147, he's not getting 50-50. It's not going to happen. It's not. I, I agree. I, I agree with that because the ca- the cash cow in that division is is Errol Spence. He and he got better numbers on pay per view buys. He has better um, numbers, and he's the champ. So, I, yeah, his streams and everything is just better overall. I I, I could see sixty forty or like you said, probably seventy thirty with a rematch clause, and the rematch would garner fifty fifty down down the split or sixty forty. Depending yeah. on, you know what I'm saying, who wins. So I can see I can see that, but but it but it doesn't seem like it's gonna be happening because at this point, let me ask you this. So it looks like, you know, um Bud and Pacquiao unfortunately might be fighting this summer. But is is Pac is um Bud still fighting oh, I don't spring against uh, Keith Thurman? Uh, I think that's a good fight. That's, and I'm gonna be honest. Thurman scares me a little bit. Thurman, Thurman is rangy. Thurman is a superb boxer. Got good boxing. Got good footwork. He can be elusive. And he can hit. He can crack. That's actually a good fight. I would like to see that. Really, that would be a paper. I would buy that fight. That To me, that would be a pay-per-view fight. I would buy that shit. I would buy it. Right. A lot of people wouldn't buy it, but I would buy that shit. Because... No, I would like to see that. I, I like, I like. I'm a fan of Keith Thurman. Uh, that would be a great, in my opinion, that would be a great fight. But it seems like it's up in the air. Remember, we had broke the news uh, a couple of weeks back that they were supposed to be inking this Man, deal. With, uh, what's going it's, on? It's no, the, I'm, it's I'm the politics of boxing. Um, it's all about promotional access. The promotional access to fighters is what messes fights 
from being brokered and dealed. The, the deals are not being made because the promoters yeah. want the clout too. They want to promote their brand. They want to promote themselves as brokering the deals for these fights because it sells. Don King promotions, think about that in the 90s. That shit sold. Like, if Don King name was on any fight, it's pay-per-view buys out the roof, going through the roof. Mike Tyson, Frank Bruno, Evander Holyfield, Julio Cesar Chavez, he had all the big dogs. He had all the big dogs. Yeah. Right. Man. Exactly. Bob, it was, back then, it was really just Bob Arum and Don King. Those were the two mega uh, promotional right. companies getting the biggest fights. Now you have so many promoters out there, and now you have people like Al Heyman, who's not a promoter, but he is a manager, and he's helping fighters to promote themselves. So now fighters that are promoting themselves want what they earn, and they want what they're worth. So I can't really be mad at a fighter saying, man, hold up, I'm a two-time division and I worked hard for everything I got. I promote myself. Now I want $6 million. So we, we got we to gotta get this $6 million before we talking about anything. I want my $6 million. You know what I'm saying? I got to I got, I pay trainers. I got to pay strength coaches. Right. I got I to gotta pay chefs that cook my food. All that's money. Oh, no, I, I mean, it's about money, man. It's about paying... Yes, yeah, what you're getting money. to be yeah. for preparation. People understand there's a lot of money that goes there's preparation. Like we, we talk about how much LeBron spends what over one million dollars a year. That's average for boxers, man. That's average for guys like Floyd. That's average. That's average. People people thinking, oh my God, that man spends no, that's average for a fighter. That's average. First of all, a big Oscar La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins, Floyd Mayweather, guys like them that was in the in the bag like them, they were spending they were spending that 10, 15 years ago. They were right. spending that. Hypothermic chamber Floyd Mayweather was going in the hypothermic chambers in like two thousand five, bro. Two thousand six. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, that. these guys yeah. were doing that. Before people knew people were spending millions of dollars on body and taking care of their body, boxers were doing that when they had the money. So that, that but, but we thought it was so amazing. Oh my God, he spends over man, that man. You had guys, you had guys in MMA that was doing that. You had guys in mixed martial arts that wasn't making nowhere near LeBron or boxers, but had great endorsements outside of MMA. That was paying these. You had promotional companies like uh, Muscle Milk. All these promotional companies spending millions and millions of dollars promoting UFC, and they were spending that money from these promoters, these promotional companies, to spend the money to protect their body. They were doing that in the UFC. So, like people talk about LeBron, you know, I get it. I'm not taking on some of. But that's nothing new. You had. Well, I mean, I think, but I think he's he's a pioneer in terms of like, he's a basketball player, right? So 
it's not that you know it's not that um common for a basketball player to invest so much money into their body the way he does it specifically and obviously it panned out for him because you see you know the results and how he's able to play basketball at a high level for over 20 years it's incredible. Oh, yeah. that investment that he's making into his body you know is it, is doing well for him but i'm just saying like you you don't see it you didn't see a lot of guys doing oh yeah uh, i'm not taking that away from a man but we gotta understand like we gotta understand with the wear and tear I think there's more wear and tear in basketball because you play so many games in the season. And, and because, you know, you have to play. Right. And these guys are playing 25 to 36 minutes a night, running up and down the court, defending, shooting, creating shots, fadeaways, dunks. Yeah, I think it's more wear and tear on your body. But think about the wear and tear on training for a fight and fighting and, and then the ring. So just imagine fight, that. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's a physical toll either way, specifically with basketball, because you know I'm a basketball guy. But, I mean, 81 games, they're playing, you know, four games in five nights, five games in seven nights, sometimes back-to-back to back, um, to back uh, two games in three nights. So, you know, it, it's a lot. Then you're not even counting playoffs and stuff like that. So, it, you know, they don't they get very rest in between. And then, of course, the physical toll that is, that's involved with traveling, you know, flying from city to city. So, yeah, I, I definitely know what you're saying. And, you know, it's two different sports, obviously. But the basketball, you, you see why guys, oh, yeah. guys they, and they get hurt often, whether it be Achilles or hamstring or ankle. You know, like you saw with, um, you know, Embiid, who's always hurt with the, the hyperextended knee and then now LeBron's down. With the high ankle sprain. I mean, they, I mean, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, how people say, so like, I call us mortals. You know, it's a difference between mortals and immortals. You know, when you're making $30 million a year, you know what I'm saying? People think, oh, he plays a sport. You know, he's not worth $30 million. You know, people that are mortals think like that, right? But when you think in totality of just athletes in general, how much revenue they bring. Right. Day in and day out, even with just, you know, even after the game on the networks where they're getting, you know, the reporters, you know what I'm saying? They pretty much, at, you know, press conferences after the game, all of that. People are watching. The world is watching. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the revenue that they get, the access yeah. of money right. that the NBA gives all these platforms through the NBA, the media, the interviews, they want $30 million a year. <laughs> if you really look at totality and the money and the revenue they bring to networks without a player basketball, now these guys are worth more than $30 million a year. No, I, I, get, I get it. Well, let's put it this way. Some of the guys, not all some of these bums. I mean, no doubt, no doubt. But, you know, (laughs) I know we get off subject a little bit, but I just feel like I just think stylistically that Earl Spence is going to have a lot of problems with Boyd Crawford. Well, let me ask you a question, too, because I know this is unfortunately hypothetical because it doesn't seem like they're ever going to come together to make this fight happen. doesn't look like it. But in the meantime, what do you think of this? This 
I don't know what to call it, but what do you think of this Pacquiao? And I love Pacquiao. He's one of my favorites. Um, um, Pacquiao fight against, it's, it's an insult what do you, what do you to the legacy of, of Manny Pacquiao. It's, a, it's insulting. It's insulting that we have a legend, a walking legend in the sport of boxing, and they're putting him up against a guy severely, like, I mean, I'm going to say severely hungry. And frustrated, they, they, many Pacquiao can get hurt, bro. And I think that for them to put him in with the guy in his prime at the level of a Terrence Crawford, I still think that many Pacquiao can fight at a high level, yes. But would I be surprised if he beat Terrence Crawford? Absolutely, I would be surprised. Absolutely, I would be surprised. Really? Well, I mean, given I mean, given Pacquiao's advanced age for the sport of boxing, he's still a relatively young man, but he's forty one, and what uh, Bud is what thirty two or thirty three, right? Right. So I mean, there's a twelve year age gap. Thirteen. You know, no, 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 no. Bud thirty eleven year age gap. I don't 41. know. Like, that's Bud's thirty three. Okay. I think he's forty one. I, I knew he was in, in there, and in, in, uh, Pacquiao's what forty two. Um. So, yeah, man, um, I think it's insulting to Manny Pacquiao. And I don't think Manny Pacquiao needs to fight. And I, I, I understand he's a champion. That's the crazy part. He is a champion. They're going 47 right now. So. I know he is. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I guess that's why he's fighting. But what would motivate Pacquiao to fight Terrence Crawford is, is the question. I think this is more Absolutely. Crawford. It benefits, benefits Crawford it benefits more than it does Crawford, Pacquiao, but, right? It also benefits Pacquiao because if he won, he will beat two young, undefeated fighters, man, at 42 years old. Um, and man, the scary part yeah. is that he's 42, but he's putting the world on notice like, I'm a legend killer. I am the legend killer. You know what I'm saying? I am the walking legend. And I can still beat you young guys. If he beat Terrence Crawford, bro, that that will be... That, wow. It, it, that would be something. It would be like, yo, this, this guy might be the greatest ever. Like, ever. Like, if he beat Terrence... Nah. Nah, he might, he, he might, he might be... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, say say like, that again. That to would do that like at that level at 42 years old, you know what I'm saying? To beat a prime, a prime Keith Thurman that never saw defeat, knocked him down in the first round, and pretty much had him hurt all through the fight, to the half of the fight. And then a prodigy yeah. like Terrence Crawford? Nah, man, he, he might have to be an argument, yo. It's like, he'll definitely... Being argument is one of the greatest of all time, bro. He will be, he will be, he will be in the argument of Muhammad Ali, so Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar so, Ray so Robinson. He will be up there. He will be on Mount. He will be on Mount Rushmore. Fuck that. And, and also, yeah, and I agree. I I agree. When you know, if he were to do that, that was certainly. First of all, his resume is always, to me, has always been impressive. That would just obviously add to that. But so let me ask you this. Um, 
I mean, heck yeah, man. Would would that would he surpass his career? It's all. It's all. It already is. His career is already. Whether if he would do um, to do this, and, 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 and he and guess what? Manny Pacquiao really? has I mean, more losses. This is what these young fighters gotta understand. Who did Pacquiao never? Who did he not fight? There it is. There it is. He. Who did he not fight in their prime? For everybody. Yeah. Everybody, man. Miguel Cotto, Eric Morales, uh, Marcos Antonio Barrera, Juan Manuel Marquez. For everybody, Sugar Shane Mosley, uh, Antonio Margarito. He beat these guys. Yeah, it's, it's imp- and I know we talked about Sugar Ray Leonard when you. Yo, know bro, like the resume up there, bro. Like I'm saying. Yo, he's for a lot Pacquiao, of guys, bro. Uh, People can say what they want. He beat Joshua Cloudy. He beat, bro. He beat so many good guys. Timothy Bradley beat him. In his prime, and he beat him three. He Timothy beat, Bradley, he beat him all. He beat Timothy Bradley in his prime. Remember? Yeah, for Timothy Bradley, no, he not. He not. He didn't win that one. What three straight times? <laughs> I I think I think yeah. he got some of the home he got some of the home cooking for the oh, right. because not just beat him schooled him only the close I don't know what they was watching my great grandmother my great grandmother was diabetic <laughs> and blind she could have she 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 could have I mean judged that damn fight she could have judged that fight just by the commentator. Right, I see. <laughs> so, so, but let me ask you this real quick. I know we we're kind of going off subject, but we're staying within that one forty one forty seven class because this is a very interesting debate. It's not really a debate because you know you and I usually agree more times than not. But so you're telling me, and I know you're going a lot of people don't come for your neck though. You're telling me that you think Pacquiao had a better yeah. career than Mayweather. Who do you think right? gave more? See, Mayweather, you know what Mayweather would do? Mayweather would get on his joint and he would talk about the numbers. Even though he would probably win the argument based off the yeah. revenue and the numbers that his fight brought. When we're talking about action, pack, crowd, pleasing fights, it's not even close. It's not even close. A lot of people complain how boring Mayweather fights were because they didn't understand what boxing was. They, they they didn't know what they, they didn't know what they were looking at. Right, they didn't know what they were looking at. I've always Floyd. said that. They, they, they didn't know what they were. Right, because it, it was it was it, it was, was ballet. It was it, it was it was Broadway. It was Juilliard. Taking guys to work. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But right, it was beautiful. When we're talking about the action packed fights, when we're talking about the fights that people go back to and say, "Wow, that was a fucking war." Pacquiao gave us that shit, bro. No, I agree. He 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 laid yo, one thing I like about certain athletes is when they do not 
you know, they go out there and they give it everything they got, man. Like they don't leave anything else out there. Like you, you talking about a boxer that left that leaves it in the ring. Absolutely. So it's like that's Pacquiao. He defines. When I watch Pacquiao fight, man, and watch Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, he, he defines that. Absolutely, he's a boxer. Yo, but here's here's my only argument though, because I've have, we've had these arguments. I remember having these arguments when Pacquiao was in his prime, both him and Mayweather in the barbershops, you know, on the basketball court. I mean, Pacquiao was cheating, bro. Like he got caught with it. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's rumors that he's taking steroids, even when he fought Mayweather. You know, talking about the shoulder and all this other stuff. Um, what do you think about I, that? I did feel, I did feel, I mean, honestly, juicing or, like, or taking illegal I did, substances. you know, I used to be in the bodybuilding a little bit. Um, I used to dabble in, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't, and I don't do it now, but I never dabbled in, uh, steroids. Um, it was this thing that they, they brought off the market called Androsting, Andro. Uh, Andro was the closest thing to steroids. It altered your testosterone levels. And um, I had supreme, I would say supreme genetics, incredible genetics. And I didn't really need to have a great diet like a lot of guys. So I did androstein, and I felt fucking incredible. So and that wasn't even steroids. So just imagine what steroids would feel like. So, I mean, we got to think. We're talking about a guy that was fighting at super featherweight. Right. Goes from super featherweight all the way up to 147 and fight Oscar de la Hoya and beat the living shit out of him. That's not, that, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a murder. What he did, I mean, what he did to, <laughs> I mean, both de la Hoya, I mean, uh, Pacquiao and Mayweather both. Hell no, he was old, man. Was was he in his prime? I don't think he was in his prime. Neither one of those fights. Yeah, he he wasn't in his prime for neither one of the fights. So I could see that happening. But what I'm asking you, though, is that these allegations about the steroid thing and all that, I know how Pacquiao was able to scale up these different weight classes. Um, Do you think he even needed needed any substance if, in fact, he was using it? He was good enough. Um, Because you look at his body and lightweight and featherweight, and look at him when he got to 47, and you look at his fucking legs, and his fuck. nah, that motherfucker was juicing, bro. And his head, his head yeah, is bigger. Nah, bro, that, that motherfucker was juicing. I do feel. <laughs> but that, it, you know what? I thought about that. I thought that about, about that as well. Like, that's possible that he was juicing, because you look at his physique, you look at his body as he was aging. I was like, I don't know if something's not right. But then again, Tyson did steroids. The question is, though, I think they all did it. I think all the I think Van Holyfield did steroids. I think all of them did it. I think all of them did it because they were for that shit back then. They all did it. They ain't gonna say they did it, but they did it. There's no question about it. Right. Um, but does that no, diminish no, because we have to understand, like, to we you. don't, there's no proof, so it doesn't diminish. Now, if there was proof, then it will diminish some things. It will be like, damn, you know, you did see, you, you know, guys are going in there natural, you were unnatural, you know, and that's why you performed the way you did. So we, we never can prove that he did it. I mean, look, 
Carrito when he got caught with plaster in his gloves. That nobody, and guess what? Who, who talks about? Nobody talks about Tony Margarito. It was diminished. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's true. He got caught. Yeah, he got caught. Wait, because he got caught. Look at your boy from New York, man. Uh, who I thought when you look at uh, Ruiz and look at who. Joshua was going to originally fight in New York City in Madison Square Garden. You know what I'm saying? Big Baby. Big Baby Jarrell Miller. He had like three different uh, things in his body, bro. Yeah, that's right. I remember him, yeah. And then he got caught again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was, he got caught twice, right? Three times, right? Cheating. Yeah, that's true. I mean, one, one thing I, I would probably say, in my opinion, Mayweather ain't taking drugs he did it too. or illegal, illegal substance. I, I don't, I don't think so. Huh? Can't be, can't be proven. Yeah, that's can't true. be proven. But so like who cares? Said, it wasn't. Um, hasn't really. So neither one. Proven. So neither one of yeah. their legacies is diminished. I, you I can't agree. prove if they did it or not. It's just, it's the same thing with baseball, man. That's this argument. We'll definitely talk about baseball, but you know I love baseball too. As a, as a New Yorker, the Yankees are my on my team. But like everybody was juicing, man. Barry Bonds, uh, you know Jose, all, they all was juicing, man. So it's like we we pinpoint certain guys because we think we caught them. Like okay, this is the thing with baseball. This is the thing with baseball. This is the thing with baseball. And I'm like okay, but like, I have to tell people that don't understand. Uh, bodybuilding and just understand fitness. It does not enhance your skills. It enhances your it enhances your recovery. It doesn't enhance your skills. <laughs> yep. Famer, the, these guys. Right. Look, the, steroids no, no, does not make your hand and eye coordination better. It doesn't. Barry Bonds probably had when he played for the Pirates yeah, before he ballooned up. Remember yeah, when he, he was, was he was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah, he was better than to me as a baseball player. Right. You know what I'm saying? But the, the thing is it's such a a contradiction, like, oh, because Andy Pettit said I'm sorry, so now it's okay. You can easily just let him waltz right into the Hall of Fame because he said I'm sorry. But Barry Bonds never technically, even though they say later he's, he kind of admitted, um, but because he never really fully admitted that he took steroids, you won't let him into the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous to me how all of that can be. I when mean, ninety percent, maybe more, was all juicing, man. Man, Sammy Sosa, uh, man, he don't even want to be black anymore. <laughs> But but Sammy, because I can't, he got all that pat on and shit on his face. I don't know what he is now. But like when you look at McGuire and Sosa, baseball wasn't saying nothing. They turned their eye away from away from the steroid usage, talking about oh, this is the greatest season ever, the '98, '99, which '97. Oh yeah, it was awesome. All, all the late '90s, I was glued to the TV watching that home run race. But I'm like, yeah, listen, the MLB was making so much bread. You know, they were the number one. You talk about baseball as being 
the pastime. They were the number one. I feel like because remember at that time Jordan was getting ready to leave and retire. There wasn't already a lot going on, so baseball was it. So now all of a sudden you guys benefit from McGuire and Sosa and all that, and nobody says anything. Five, ten years later, now they knew, they knew what time it was. Steroids. Like Major League Baseball didn't know these guys was juicy. Come on, man. They knew what it was. Man. The they media is dirty. It's a dirty game. It's a real dirty they game. Made, they made profit. It's a dirty game. Even guys. even with basketball, man. Um, yeah. like the NBA, which is your your expertise. Uh, the NBA and this all game is just a dirty business. Even down to AAU, man, it's just a dirty business, man. Oh, yeah, we can talk. Listen, I, I can talk all day about the AAU circuit and all that stuff. And that, that'll be a topic for another day. Trust me, because, you know, you know, I'm a part of that as a coach traveling throughout the spring and the summer. But, you know, what they do, you know, with these kids and these uh, Nike and Adidas circuits and stuff like that, and these sneaker sponsors. So we could we'll definitely talk about that and get into that. But, yeah, I really wanted to get your opinion about this whole Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford, man. It doesn't seem like this is going to happen. I, I don't think that fight's going to happen. And so it looks like, like I remember I shared that with you earlier today, that it looks like, yeah, Pacquiao probably would end up fighting. Um, but, and I think they said they're trying to figure out whether it's going to be on Dazzin or ESPN. Top rank. You still with me, Jay? I think we may have lost him. I'm Dude, back. You back with us, man? Back with y'all, man. Wow, man. I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's all good. I'm glad we didn't lose you. Um, This is the thing. Well, with Earl Spence and the whole my, – my opinion of it is, is that I, I can't say he's overrated. Nah. I, He's definitely not overrated. Absolutely not. He's not overrated. But I would say this, though. Um, he's, 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 he's really messing over the fans. Like, give the man a 60-40. If there's no rematch clause, Terrence Crawford deserves 60-40. I, I, that's what I was saying. If there's a rematch clause, 70-30. That's fair. Just to make the fight happen for the fans. and for, They're both going to make more money than they ever have made in their life in this night. They're going to make that much. This, it, it, this shit will be blockbuster. Yeah. Period. Yep. I, I definitely Period. agree with that, man. 1,000%. I mean, because I'll be getting my popcorn ready, sitting on the couch, be watching that. But, again, I don't think it's going to happen, man. It's just wishful thinking at this point. So, let me ask you a question, Jay. Yeah. Transitioning, and we're going to get right into March Madness in a second because uh, my, my, my prediction uh, of Gonzaga versus Baylor is still strong. I mean, I, I was wrong but right in some of the picks, but right now Gonzaga is a, a, they're annihilating USC at this point, 69 to 47. They're giving them a clinic, bro. This is a coach's dream to watch what uh, Gonzaga's doing. They're completely, 
He said the yeah, coaches. I'm just saying how how Mark Few has these guys destroying USC's. I mean, destroying their their zone. You know, and and again, USC is long. We talked about how long they are in the front court with both the Mobley brothers, and they they just. I mean, we got eight minutes to go in the second half, and Gonzaga has they about to have seventy two points. I knew I knew they were going to score a lot of points, but I, I anticipated that USC would be able to at least score more than 50 points. I mean, this is ridiculous. So this is why Gonzaga is so impressive. They can score with the best of them at 80 a game and still defend and keep you under 60. They're going to win this whole thing. I don't I don't right now see a team that's better than them. But we're going to get into that in a second. But I wanted to ask you a question about um, there was a heavyweight belt that took place, I think, this past weekend with Dylan White. Dylan White and Provokin, Um, Dylan White needed the win. I, I watched yeah, I the fight. I watched the whole card. Uh, he needed this card, definitely. He, he needed this card. He needed this fight. Um, I think he got devastated by that that left uppercut by Provokin. Right. Um, Dylan White had a good game plan. Use your jab. He was hitting him with the jab at will. Like, it was like 50% of the time he Shot the jab, he was hitting Provokin. Provokin is yeah. Retired. You think you think uh, it's time? <laughs> it's time. He was he was he's a good like champion. That. He was a tough fighter. Like yeah. That. After that, he he his legs just wasn't there, man. He didn't he didn't look right. I think that the I just think the damage is done. The because uh, you know there's damage control outside right, the true. ring. Yep. Uh, just training alone, and uh, so. Yeah, he, he gave us he gave the fans a great career. You know what I'm saying? So my, my, my only thing is so 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 Dylan White knocked out a Pabuckin and he won the WBC interim heavyweight belt. What is that the WBC interim? I, I don't understand what that is. Well, that was a that was a vacant belt. Yeah, I think it was vacant. Oh, interim. I don't know what the hell that <laughs> I'm is. Just, I'm I just understand. I can't keep that's why I'm asking you, you're the expert. Understand it's like they're coming up with more titles, more belts every year. The WBC interim heavyweight type, like, so that means you're you're an interim. Does that mean like I don't understand what that means? Are you are you the heavyweight champion? Are you the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, or are you just an interim? Like that, I, I'm, I'm, I guess you're the interim interim champ. Uh, that's not a champ. If you got any interim, they ain't no champ. That's what I'm saying. So what? So his that so that title so that that so the fight this past fight against Pavukin what did that prove for um, Dylan White in terms of moving forward? Will he get a chance what, to fight the winner? What of, it proved? What it proved is too many belts in boxing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right. That's what it proved. Do you think that he'll get a shot to fight? I don't know. I, I don't think so. But Fury or Joshua at some point down the road or no? Uh, I, I don't see why not. Okay. I don't see why not. I mean, he'll get, he'll get his ass whooped. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, did you see what Joshua did to him, man? Did you see how he knocked that That's man out, bro? He laid that man out. Nobody trying to see that. <laughs> I 
Dylan White said, no one can take my left hook and stand up. Is this left hook that devastating to you? Man, if you saw the shut the if you saw that uh, that I mean, excuse the language, everybody. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I forgot. Uh, I want to. Well, I do want to be out there. Come on. So, um, that last hook, that last hook was some that that. Nah, that wasn't all that great. The, what is? The, I mean, let's be honest. Can, I mean, to all of us in the world, if a woman hits you with a, they got training. You can't take that. It's just gonna hurt. I mean, it's gonna hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody with training, of have, course. Have you, have you ever nobody's taken gonna stand. Woman? <laughs> uh, no, no. I can't say that. I'm, but uh, I'm taking some hits. Not with training, with, with with training, I have yes. I spotted women. I spotted women. And you know, you you can act like you're taking it easy on them. Mm. I'm going to tell you, when I kicked back, when I was a Muay Thai fighter, hey, man, it was a girl named Chrissy. Hey, girl had skills, bro. You know what I'm saying? She had great she had great feet, great hips. She had great kicks. Uh, she can jab. She had good boxing, boxing skills. And we sparred. It was times I was like, yo, did she really beat my ass? <laughs> For real. A lot of guys wouldn't admit that, but I will. I mean, women out here that got skills, yeah, man. You, you I, I wouldn't fight Clarissa Shields. I wouldn't fight Gina Carano. Melissa, Melissa, I wouldn't fight Clarissa she, she, Shields. She, she look, I wouldn't she fight her. Like she has the power of a, of a man. I wouldn't fight her. I'll fight her other ways. Not yeah, with no, boxing gloves. Anyway. I said, put the gloves down, Sal. We can we can talk other ways. I, I think she's all right, though. She, she, I, I mean, I, I hate to say this. I think she got her teeth fixed, man. She looks all right. Yeah, I mean, she's not an ugly woman, you know. And, and she, you know, she's still, isn't she still the champ, I believe? Yeah, but she's going to MMA. And she, the MMA training is looking good. Really? For real. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. It's looking good. Okay. So you think that she's going to transition from boxing to MMA? Yeah, I think she's gonna do well. I really do. Okay. Once she get the kicks down, and rap. I like Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes will not survive on her feet. I guess now, 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 now you smoking. You, you, you must be on that stuff high right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. Nah, Amanda, ain't nobody being Amanda Nunes. Nobody. <clears throat> listen to listen to what I listen to what I said. You know, listen nah, to what I said. I can't listen to that. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. You listen to what I said. As a complete mixed martial artist, Amanda Nunes is the best fighter in the world as a woman. After she beat Chris Cyborg, hold up. After, after she beat Chris Cyborg the way that she did, I said, oh, no, she's, oh, no, she's the truth. I, I don't. <laughs> but... But are you are you telling me right now? Do you you truly believe if it was an all out war, blow for blow, yeah. hand for hand, right. you're sitting on the phone right now and you're telling me Nunez will be That's what you're telling. You're breaking up. You're doing too much moving. I need I need to hear this bullshit. What you say now? You're telling me right now. 
blow for blow. I ain't talking about complete MMA, but MMA fight is on the ground as well. We already know Clarissa, that's her weak point. But if Amanda Nunez was like, I beat her standing up, I beat her kicking and punching and elbowing. Well, so so you're taking out you talk you're taking away the the, the um the floor game, no grappling, none of that. You're saying. No, 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 no. I just said. No, you're breaking I up because your connection is it, all, shitty. That's why I, I can't even hear you. Your connection is terrible. You need to. Uh, no, it's no, it's my headphones. Hold on, them, hold on. Them cheap ass headphones you got from um Marshalls. No, actually, they're two hundred dollars, but they're not used. They're 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 not used. All right, for for talking. Yeah, right. So why? So now you 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 messing up our podcast, man. You see how better you sound now? No, that, I don't know. You talking about three hundred dollars? You need to get your find your receipt. <laughs> now, I'm. We know, man, bro. As a, a complete as a complete mixed martial artist, we know that Clarissa Shields can't hold a candle. To Amanda Nunez, we uh, know yeah, that. Let's get to the point, man. But the point is, Clarissa Clarissa Shields have what all a puncher's chance. Amanda Nunez going there, arrogant and cocky, thinking she can outbox her and beat her on her feet. Amanda Nunez is going to get fucked up. That's the facts. Fucked up. She's not bigger. She's not stronger. She's not longer. Nah, bro. Shields is, is is a bigger. She's a bigger woman. I I, I give you that. Um, but them. Oh, uh, Shields packs a bigger punch. Bro. She has hand speed, and, and better hands. If Amanda Nunes catches her with one of those elbows, bro, it's gonna be it's a, that's, that's that 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 is that is the X factor. It's gonna be night night. It's gonna be yeah. night night for her. I know how to. But I'm I'm telling you right now. You better check out Clarissa Shields training with his MMA. Yeah, but right. she ain't fought nobody yet, though. She's still in training. Of you course know. not. She's still training, but I'm telling you right now. Bro, we're going to have to see it to make step, it happen. You talking yo, about a world Yo, class, when she stepped in. She, listen, you talking about a world-class champion, future Hall of Fame, MMA fighter, the best to probably ever do it <laughs> might be either women or men. And you're going to say, Clarissa Seals, I don't care if it's standing up on the... She's going to walk in there and all of a sudden... Nah. No. I got to see it first. I respect... Bro, I respect we're, talking, we're talking about, I think, like, the gloves are like, what, two ounces? Yeah. Clarissa Seals' speed was lightning fast with 10 ounces, bro. Right. Are you fucking kidding? Yo, I did both. I was, I was a Muay Thai fighter and an amateur boxer. Let me tell you this. I sparred people that were, were mixed martial artists, and when I sparred them on my feet, I fucked them up. I fucked them up. Yo, people don't understand, man, that boxing and kickboxing is an, is, is an elegant skill. No, I agree with you. Science. I agree with you. Now, jujitsu... All that shit, I ain't fuck with that. I ain't gonna lie. Right, I ain't fuck with that. Ass, but, right, they, they will bust you. I would get pretzel like a bitch. I ain't they'll, fucking they'll, with they, that. They'll bend you. I ain't messing with that. You already this sure is what I'm saying. As, already... as a complete fighter, as a complete fighter, enough of the jokes, you asshole. As a complete <laughs> fighter, okay? Focus, my brother. Focus, my brother. I'm trying to. You keep breaking up. 
It could just be, you know what I'm saying, my reception in my uh my apartment. But as a complete fighter, of course Amanda Nunez is, is, okay. is light years ahead of Clarissa. Okay. Of okay. course. Yeah. But I'm just saying that puncher's chance and having the skill she has as a puncher and a boxer with fucking two ounce gloves. Okay. Yo. I just think that even standing up, Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes is such a bully, bro. I think she'll find a way to clean her clock. That's just me. I don't know, bro. I don't I, know, man. I mean, this is all subjective, all opinionated. We don't really know, but I know one thing: ain't nobody beating Amanda Nunes. <laughs> Not right now, no. Yeah, until she's ready to lose, and that ain't gonna never happen unless she retire or she get old. Right? No, now. I, it was solidified when she beat Chris Cyborg, dog. It was- and she's like a monster robot, bro. A machine. She was. I machine. mean, Chris Cyborg is a dude. Nobody wants to say that. <laughs> that's a dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's Yo, true. she looked like if if Vito look 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 if Vitor Belfort and Wanderlei Silva had a baby, <laughs> it's Chris. Cy- <laughs> okay, I can see that. <laughs> That's an ugly bitch. I don't care. That's not a that's not a woman. That is a man. Her shoulders are broader than I don't care what nobody yeah. say. And, her and yo. She's taller than you too. Uh that's not difficult, actually. <laughs> Everybody's taller than me, effortlessly. Even my daughter, everybody, right? Everybody knows that I am five inches from being a midget. It's okay. But I thought it was three. I'm about five inches from being a midget. I'm five foot five. Oh, yeah, you're right there. Damn. My bad. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> now, on to the Knicks. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? My man's here is the basketball guru, bas- basketball analysis yeah. expert. Right. So tell me the shocking losses of March Madness. All right. So break this out. Lay this thing out. Where should I begin? All right. Let's start with where I was wrong. Okay, and not that I was totally wrong, but I was wrong to an extent because I must give you credit. You you did predict that UCLA would advance. Matter of fact, and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say you're right because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, UCLA upset Alabama. Uh, UCLA as an 11 seed against the proverbial. SEC champions. They would. I, I think that uh, Alabama was the best team in the SEC all year long. I wouldn't say head and shoulders, but I say they were the best team overall collectively. They were the more complete team. Uh, you got uh, Herbert Jones, who is the player of the year, and also the defensive player. Now, I, one thing I will say too about Alabama, you know, good defensive team. They like to shoot a lot, and I think that's what hurt them against UCLA because when you ain't got your legs under you sometimes, man, and you just pretty much shoot the rock. Now, Jones, to me, should not have been the SEC player of the year. Wow. I think – and what did I tell you about Cam Thomas? He a walking bucket. I think Cam Thomas was the you best player. He was a walk, you said he was a walking bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think he should have been the player of the year. He just, he just was the best. L- LSU did well this year, man. I think they really could have even beaten um, – in my opinion, they, I mean, you know, they beat um, St. Bonnie's. They, uh, it was a very tough, tough fight against Michigan, and they, they, they lost that. But they could, I think they could have beat Michigan. So they had a really good, solid year overall. 
But getting back to UCLA, right, um, and Alabama. Now, I wasn't able to watch this game fully because I was on my way back home from, you know, our tournament. I told you about that. Yep. But when you start off the game in a deficit, right, they, they weren't ready. In the first half, they were already down by 9, 10. I think they were down 11 and a half, right? So they already – they weren't really playing well. And one thing about – Alabama, which they did scare me. I had them in the Final Four, but one of the things that concerned me about Alabama um, at the tournament is that they, they have slow starts. Like, even when they played Maryland, man, when they, they were down in the first half against Maryland. I'm like, you struggling against Maryland? And then they just took over in the second half and it ended up being a blowout. So that was a little bit of a telling sign to me that they could have some problems moving forward in the tournament. I think they were appropriately seated right at the number two. I think they were they were number two seed. But when you look at them coming out flat against UCLA, now remember UCLA beat that 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 close game against Michigan in that f- the first four in, right? So they won that. And that was impressive. I don't know. Did you watch that game? You didn't watch that game. I did not. Yeah, you just you just blindly go going for UCLA. Yep, UCLA all the way, man. They're gonna give back. Yeah, they're they're gonna give back to the dynasty of college. Ball is coming back home this year. It's impressive. Honestly, what they done, what this run that they're doing, right? With Coach Cronin, I think his name is. It's impressive because you gotta look at it. First of all, they beat Michigan State. All right, Michigan State, pretty much, I would say they, in my opinion, I think they just collapsed. And guys is, got <laughs> yo, you know they leaving. Some of these dudes is leaving. They like yo, what? They quit yeah, like that. Rocket, Rocket, Rocket Watts is like, yo, I'm out. They could, they can't take Tom Izzo. You know Tom Izzo's, yo, he's one of those guys, man. I can see him, he get on my nerves. Like, you're putting your hands on a player at the half because of a, um, a defensive um, lapse where they should have switched, but the communication wasn't there. The guy scored the bucket. For me, I understand Tim Izzo's frustration, but it boils it boils over into the second half. And I, and they just never really fully recovered, and UCLA took advantage of uh, of that situation. I knew the emotions was running high, but yeah, guys is leaving, man. Uh, I think Langford, because these guys are getting an extra year of eligibility, so they're leaving and going to. I don't even know they haven't announced it yet, but they're out. So UCLA took advantage of that. Then they beat a how can I say overachieving um, Abilene Christian, who remember when they beat Texas. By that one point, because oh, Texas yeah. pretty much just fumb- they fumbled the bag, turned the ball over, all that. But Abilene Christian was happy that they won that first, you know, that first game in Texas. So they were just happy to be there. UCLA crushed them by twenty, I think it was, right? So the biggest test for UCLA was the Alabama game, and yo, they squeaked it out, man. Like, I, you know, you text me talking about yeah UCLA, and I'm like, name two players. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Johnny Zuzang, their best player, the leading scorer, he got he fouled out with I think two minutes to go, a little less than two minutes to go in the second half. And his team, man, they stepped up like them dudes rallied around their coach. They rallied around each other, and they and they and they and they um they squeaked it out. Uh, I like um the guard Campbell. He's good. Um, Tiger Campbell. He's good. He's relentless. You know, they, it was just a, a, a overall team effort. I think um. The big man, what's his name? Riley. Riley stepped up. He had some key, um, like buckets, like late in the second half, 
a dunk, a finish. He went to the free throw line. He ended up with um ten points and like four or five rebounds. He had a couple of blocks, so he stepped up big. It was a collective effort, man. I think that was the most impressive, one of the most impressive wins of the entire tournament. Did you see that? And you saw that buzzer. You saw that um that buzzer that, beater. Yeah, that, that was put, crazy. Put yeah, I yo, it's so funny. I'm gonna tell you what happened. So I'm listening to on the radio, right? And I'm like, oh shit, I'm wrong. Because <laughs> you texted me, I didn't text back. I'm driving. I I'm like, the game is not over, right? The game wasn't over. Remember, Alabama had an 11 point deficit. They were down. They came all the way back, and I knew they were gonna storm back because they're they're a jump shooting team. John Petty was struggling early. He hasn't really he didn't really have a good tournament to me. He was struggling early, um, but. They started rallying, coming back, coming back. They took the lead late. Something told me, man, this game is not over. But then my son was like, nah, it's over. I turned the radio off. I said, man, guess what? He, go, we go on, he goes on Instagram. He's like, guess what? It's going to overtime. I said, what? I said, I couldn't believe it, bro. I couldn't believe it. It went into overtime. I said, I said okay, so this would be interesting. Yo, UCLA, they dogs, bro. You know, you go into the you go into the, the overtime, and pretty much you held Alabama to like under three, four points for the whole entire. I think it was for the whole entire um overtime. They really didn't do much. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, they, they don't want it because at the end of the day, really, it's about who who wants it the most, and they they ain't want it, man. To me, they 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 ain't want it. So that was the most impressive win that I've seen. One of the most impressive wins thus far. Uh, but they not they 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 they. They're going to play Michigan. Michigan's a tough team, man. That's another team that's a sleeper to me. Because they're even though they're a number one seed, I didn't – I had them losing. I think I told you this, Michigan. Yes, you did. I, I think I told you. I, th- I had Michigan losing because I, w- I what I was trying to do, I was trying to find the number one seed that's going to lose, right? Because very rarely does – you know, is it chalk. Like all the – like Michigan, number one. Illinois, number one seed. Baylor, number one seed. Gonzaga, number one seed. It never happens that way. So I was looking for the upsets. I was looking for the weakest number one, and I, I felt like it was Michigan. And I was wrong. Because who did who did I say was good? Florida State. They deep, right? They got six, seven guys. Yo, they got embarrassed, bro. I don't, they even show up. Wow. Yeah, they didn't even show up, bro. They lost, what was it, 47? I don't even know. I think he scored 45 points, man, total. What? Yeah, Michigan, 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 they embarrassed. Michigan had, I don't even know what was the final score. I can't, I got to look it up now. I don't even remember. <laughs> they embarrassed them, man. I was like, what kind of game are we watching? No, they Florida State saw 58 points. I'm sorry. So they held Florida State to under 60. Michigan had 76 points. That was It was a bloodbath, bro. My man said a bloodbath. <laughs> That shit was. That shit was. That man said a bloodbath. But you can stop. You can stop. Listen, you can stop all that laughing about UCLA because I think potentially it might end tonight against UCLA. Might lose against Michigan. But if you are right and they upset the Wolverines and get to the final four, it will be an upset. Bro. Yeah, but you're what you're saying is that, and as as I'm looking now, it looks like. Gonzaga, no surprise there. They advance to the Final Four. They will await the winner of Michigan and UCLA. 
should UCLA beat Michigan tonight, you're saying that UCLA Bruins will <laughs> upset Gonzaga in the Final Four? Uh, I ain't going to go that far. Think about what I you're saying. Go because, well, you still, but you don't go back on your word because we got proof. You said UCLA going to bring back the They're going to bring back the chip. They're going to do it, to, bro. They're going to win. So that means they got to beat Gonzaga. I don't see nobody beating Gonzaga right now. They're going to do it, bro. All right. Well, we're going to hold on to that. You know, you heard it here first. Um, but I, I suspect that if they do beat Michigan, which will be very impressive, they will not beat Gonzaga. Matter of fact, I just don't think Gonzaga, they haven't even really been pressed like that. Like, they they, they just cruising. So, yeah, you were right about the UCLA thing. All right, moving on. What did I tell you about Houston? Yo, you, yo, yo. They ball. Most they the most underrated two seed in the in the two. I I knew for a fact that people overlooking Houston, bro. I knew it, man. They advanced to the final four last night, and I'm not really surprised. You know what I mean? They they embarrassed Syracuse, which styles make fights, like we always say, right? So you look at Syracuse, and Syracuse always playing that zone. Everybody knows they play that zone. You know, Buddy Bayham is their best player, but one man can't beat you, right? So they, they stifled him. He struggled. And they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Houston's a balanced team. They got shooters everywhere. You know what I'm saying? They, they had guys in the high post. They moved them in and outside of that zone. They pressed Syracuse, full court pressed them. I'm like, yo, I, I, I went to sleep before the second wow. half. I knew it was, it was right. <laughs> yeah, it was. My man said, my man you know, said on the podcast, no, they, I went to sleep. Bro, I couldn't. Listen, because we had to, listen, we were, you know, we had a, I think it was a showcase. We were playing a lot of basketball this past weekend, so I, I just fell asleep. I knew it was going to be – they beat them 40, 62 to 46. And like I said, Houston's a balanced team, bro. They, You know, they got Marcus Sasser. They got one of my favorite players in the tournament, Quentin Grimes, who's been consistent throughout this tournament. I think he's probably their best player, Grimes. They just have, you know, good basketball players. I'm so happy for Coach um, – uh, 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 um, uh, um, Samson, man. Like, I'm, I'm happy for Kelvin be Samson because, you know, a black coach, you know, I, I always root for the black coaches, bro. Already. You know what I'm saying? And he gets overlooked a lot of times as um, as a coach. And, you know, he hasn't had all the success in Houston. They, they've always been solid and good. But it's, I'm so happy he got over the hump, man, and got those guys into the Final Four. And looks like Kelvin Sampson and his Houston Cougars, man, they're going up against my team. What's the team that I told you? You you say, man, you always talk about them a lot. Baylor. Yeah, you like Baylor. I do, man. They won last night, bro. And and and, and I think they made it more difficult than they had to because, quite frankly, they essentially blew out Arkansas, man. Arkansas wasn't ready for that, man. Yo, Arkansas, you know. man, a lot of people was big on them. I didn't really see nothing that impressed me with Arkansas. They play hard. I mean, there's a lot of teams that play hard. Yeah, but they – but all right, so, so let me school you real quick. I mean, Arkansas, it's not necessarily the most prettiest style of play. You know, they got big wings um, like Moody, who I said – who I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of people – I was high on him throughout the regular season and, 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 and the SEC and all that. I was high on him. But he he played terrible last night. He played terrible against um, Baylor. He played terrible, not terrible, but he didn't play all that good against Oral Roberts. He just hasn't had. Yeah, he, he just did didn't play good in the tournament. Yeah, does he that affect? Does that, a, like, does that affect draft stock? 
It definitely does, bro. I feel like his draft stock went from maybe a top 10, potentially outside of the top 10 to me. Because he's, he's, he was a little bit exposed. He's not a good – let's put it this way. He's a big, big guard, 6'6", six, six, long, man. I think he has like a damn 6'9", six, 6'10", six, wingspan. His arms are long, man. But he's not necessarily a, an efficient shooter, man. I think he was shooting from like – from three, shooting like 20-something, 28%, oh, something like that. That's not, that's, that's not going to cut it. Terrible, man, 30-something percent from the field. So the NBA, NBA scouts – and GMs, they're gonna look at that like, three okay, ball is important I, in the league now. Yeah, if you can't shoot it like that, you better be able to do something, right? You gotta be as a guard, you gotta be able to shoot. Period. And he showed in this tournament, he's not a great shooter at all. So people ain't gonna respect him. Like, oh, let him shoot. He can't beat us with this, with a jump shot. He gonna have to. He gonna have, listen. The the one the great thing that's on his side is that he's a he's a freshman. So. Going into it, he has a lot of potential to grow and get better and improve. You know, would he come back to Arkansas for another year? I don't think he would. I mean, I would. I'll get the money. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm going to NBA. So Moody's probably going going to go to the NBA, but he has to improve because his team. I will say this: when I was watching that game live against Oral Roberts, and I know you and my brother, we love Oral Roberts, right? We love it. Let me see if I can get him on the phone real quick. Hold on. Live. Hold on. Let me see. I know you love Earl Roberts, but they lost. And Earl Roberts was the better team against Arkansas. They they held, they pretty much had to lead the whole game. Let me see if I can get him on the line. All right. Hold on. Hello? You're Andre. Yeah. Did you download the Anchor Podcast? Oh, okay. Okay. Welcome to the Time to Wayne podcast. I was reaching out to you because I know you're such a big Oral Roberts fan. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I just like I, I like what. Max. Speaking of Max. No. No. I was just reaching. I, I was just reaching out to you because you and you and um you and Jesse, you know, was talking about Oral Roberts and I and he was going for Oral Roberts against Arkansas. Yeah, he loves Earl. He likes Max. Um, um, he likes Max, and he likes um, O'Banner. He likes those two guys. They were good. Yeah, but um, I'm talking to Jay. Jay's right here with us on the podcast, and I'm trying to explain to him exactly why Earl Roberts lost. Did you watch oh, the close game? They, they, uh, well, am I like on the podcast right now? You are live, baby, live. That's how we do. We okay. surprise. We got surprise. I got, I got, I got five minutes. Okay, yeah, that's all, all we need is your, we need your five-minute analysis. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why they lost or why were they winning and then they lost? Well, well, you can actually talk about Earl Roberts, their, the whole entire run in the tournament if you want, and then talk about – I can I can go more in detail. I watched every minute of that game against Arkansas. Uh, I, I did some of the last game. So, but I can give you – I can talk about the last couple of their run overall. Well, first of all, the reason why they were successful and got this far um, is because, one – they played top teams throughout the season. Um, obviously, they didn't do as well throughout the year, but actually, they played tough yeah. when they played these other hub tops. So they played tough. The reason why they can hang with schools that are supposed to be above their level, if you will, is because they have pretty much what basketball needs, the, the, the basics. A point guard, uh, Max Aismas is an excellent basketball player. Obviously, he's the lead scorer in the country, but he's their point guard. He can get us a bucket at any point in time, wherever, whenever. He's a good passer as well. 
And then you have a big guy who can also get his shot anywhere. The versatile big man. So if he was to make it to the pros, whether overseas or in the league, he could be more like a, a three or a four. Right. Now, I, 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 if you three, you have to work on his game a little bit, but I'm sure you would because if you guys are pro, you have, you, know, you have to do that. So because he also has great post moves and he can shoot threes, and that's a problem for any, I don't care yeah. what level of basketball you, you have. And everybody else on their team knows their role. They have other guys with good size that are shooters and they play the defense. Right. So that recipe right there, you know, watching them when they played against Ohio State and watching them in the next game, he was not able to win. Ohio State, Liddell's a better player. Yes, he is. He's he, going to the league. He's he's an, yeah, he's They pulled it. They pulled it out against. Not to interrupt. You, they pulled it out against Florida. Remember yes. Trey Mann and those guys. Way more size, right? Um, supposed to be better talent. Nothing at this point it has nothing to do with that. These guys can play. They know who they are. Um, and also, I do think coaching has a little bit to do with it. Um, and matchup, like you mentioned before, matchups. Yeah. But it's a hard matchup when your bigs can't guard my big. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what level it is. You right. can have seven footers, but your big can't guard my big. Why? Because my big got moves that he can score. Now, now he's making you uh, worry about foul trouble. He's going to get to the line. Your guys can't do the same. Your guys can't score. So right. that's the problem. Now, the reason why they lost the last game, they was able to subdue Banner, uh, Banner a little bit more, but he still was effective. Yeah, he was. Um, he's very effective. He's a good player. Um, and everything that I said, it's just that they met a better team. Well, well, and and I, and I agree with you. Arkansas was obviously, you know, they, you know, they're a number three seed for a reason. Um, but the main thing, as I was watching this Arkansas team, they struggled from three. They was they were shooting below thirty percent from three, pretty much the entire tournament. But the advantage that they had against Oral Roberts is that they they're bigger in terms of like their wings. Their, wing, their wings are better, bigger. Moody uh, is bigger. Justin Smith is bigger inside. Even though I know O'Banner is. O'Banner is a good big. I think Justin Smith is just bigger. He's wider. He's yeah. he's he's pretty much been kind of their horse, Arkansas's horse, throughout the tournament, yeah. for the most part. Um, because I like I told JJ, you still there with us, Jay? Yeah, Moody 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 was terrible. You know, he 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 didn't shoot the ball very well. But what they what he did do, along with um, Winter and Devontae yeah. Davis, and there's a Devontae Davis on Arkansas, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you like the boxer. So yeah. so when you think about how they were able to come all the way back. Remember, they were down, Arkansas was down all three of their games against Colgate, all those dudes, they were yeah. down, all those teams, they were down, they came back. They were the comeback kids of the tournament. So right. I knew they had a chance to come back against Oral Roberts, but Oral Roberts dictated the entire game until about yeah. five minutes to go That's in the... Nice. Yeah, man. But, but there was two things that they did well. The first thing that Arkansas did well, which I knew it would take a pounding eventually. 
They got a lot of second chance uh, opportunities off the glass. That was one thing. That's how they beat them early this year. If you remember, they played them earlier this year, and they beat them because they 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 doubled them. Like they out rebounded them significantly. Well, you can't give a team that's bigger than you second and third opportunities. So that's one of the things that he did. And also, finally, Musselman, um, he um, he changed his strategy a little bit because I felt like he was letting Max do whatever he wanted to do. So if you if you think about what happened late in the game, and I told my son this, I said this is perfect strategy defensively. What they did was, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw a trap on Max a little bit. Even on the ball screen, we're going to hedge. We're going to keep the big man there for a little bit, hedge, and then have the big man fall back. It gave Max a different look. So it was like he was struggling a little bit towards the end of the game because he had to um work a little bit hard. Even though he still got buckets, but he wasn't getting as free. Yeah, he wasn't getting as free. So what that double was doing was at least neutralizing him. And then, unfortunately – um, I think Earl Roberts just fell flat because other guys they weren't making shots, and then you know Davis hit that um that mid range um you know jump shot, and that pretty much sealed the deal. So I think, yeah, with all of that, Earl Roberts still had a chance, and so yeah, I agree. The reason why I feel like you're right: one, Arkansas coach is a better coach; two, they had more time to realize they they not they said you know what we're not going to sit here and pretend like these guys can't play. They can play. Max, the Max play. still had 20. He still dropped 25. That's he crazy. 25. They said, but they said, we're not going to let him drop 25 on Banner drops almost 30 again because that happened the first two games. Yeah. So you have to pick your poison. What can we do? Okay. Right. Max, we'll make this job difficult, but we can't let both. Right. So even though Banner still played well, he scored. Kept him down a little bit more. Well, Abana, again, he had his moments, but I wouldn't say he only had 12 points. He had 12 and he had a double double. He had a double team. Yeah. I think he, I think he had 12, but it, it, I think it was 12 and 11, something like that. But it doesn't matter. The fact that he still did well, but not as well as they needed him to be. For that team, they need him to do some of the same numbers. Yeah. Yeah. In order to beat Arkansas, which again, they dictated, or Roberts dictated most of the game. Remember, they were leading. At the half, and they were leading through a good portion of the half. But I knew Arkansas would make that run, so that's what ended up happening. But yeah, are you going to just keep your strategy the same? You have to do something to change these guys, or you know that you're going to win because you feel like you know what? Right. Who are the best offensive players on the floor? To be honest, your guys or Roberts. So, but do I have more size? Do I have more athleticism? Yeah. Do I have? Yes. So I'm going to use that in my advantage, and I feel like that's like you said. That's what kept Arkansas in the game, and then you—they have talent, you know. Even if I don't, I don't feel like they have more offensive gifted offensively players, the, the top players on there. Well, I, I mean that's debatable because I think Justin Smith is—he's is, probably going to be NBA pro, and of course Moody's going to be NBA pro. NBA pro. But, but you know, take, like I said, but because everybody's saying that, and, and he is good. But in the tournament, I'm talking in the tournament. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't working. Well, well, Max. Well, yeah, Max, Max was probably the best player on the court. I agree with you, but other guys did step up for Arkansas, like Tate. He stepped. Yeah. He, I think he had twenty yeah, something. Think about having big programs. Yeah, because you definitely have other guys. Right. At least you don't just have two. You have maybe you have one really great player, but you have at least three or four other guys that at any point in time they can contribute. Whereas Art Roberts, you have those two guys. And you have one. There was one other guy on the SBD, but you don't have at least five guys that. You know what? Today could be somebody else's day. Like yeah, that. I think I think you talking about um Jurgens, the guard. He's yes. pretty good too. Yeah, he's good, but yeah. you know, um, you know, he's not he, he, he's good, but I in mean, a situation like this, the, you know, really 
based on your two main guys. Right, because I mean they're they're a mid major program for a reason. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that's what it boils down to. But I like the fact that they competed. Did I think it was going to championship? No. I didn't even think it was going to get to the final four or maybe in the yeah, they went far enough that I felt like, you know what, it just shows the things that we always talk about, about smaller schools, what guys can actually do and their ability. Right. And having guys who are versatile, especially bigger guys that are versatile and have a point guard like that. And they went further than some of the biggest schools. Obviously, they beat Ohio State, who was ranked up on. You know, they beat Florida. And, you know, this tournament, to me, it's not really about ranking so much. So, like, when you see a, a, a school like USC or UCLA, these are big-time programs. I know they're not Pac-12. as high, but right. they're, like, big-time. So, I look at it as, like, a – Yeah, you're right, but I think – but but the expectation wasn't that high for Syracuse or – UCLA, J, J, yo, JJ, hold on, JJ, yo, tell him your prediction for um, yo, man. UCLA. Yo, man. Andre gonna clown me, but I don't care. UCLA is bringing back the legacy to LA, man. He's on okay? track, Okay, that's what's gonna happen, man. <laughs> he don't even, this is how you know, listen, he don't even know why he's saying it. He's just saying that this is not, you, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not on, Blue Center is not on right, UCLA. Right, <laughs> I know that, and that's why they ain't gonna win another championship for another hundred years. I know John, uh, John, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Five. No, Johnny Zuzang. He's like he was a transfer. Yeah. I don't know if they really. I mean, you never know what happened, but I don't. Let's put it this way. No, well, first of all, they got to get through Michigan tonight. So let's see if they do that. Michigan is a solid college basketball. I don't really see that many pros. I know their big man probably going to go to the league. Um, but they are a good college. Like, they're well coached. Of course. Juwan Howard is, is the coach of the year. Hey, yo, right now, coach of the year. I'm putting on, posting on Facebook, UCLA will win the national championship. You heard it first from me. I'm doing it yeah. right now. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I know. I know. He's, he's, he's excited. He's, he's, he's excited. Well, I, I agree with you. I think liver, li, the reason why I, I had Michigan losing early because I felt like they, they – and not that this moment was too big, but I was really just kind of pick, trying to figure out a number one seed that would go down. Yeah. But I think that overall you're absolutely right. I think Michigan is solid across the board. Dickinson the center. He's a freshman, I believe. Uh, he, he's the best player. But you got a lot of other guys um, that, can, that, you know, that, can, yep, that, can get the, that can get the job done. Um, yep. Yep, 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 absolutely. Um, so you got, you got, you got, I think Michigan should be able to beat, I mean, he's saying, you know, UCLA, but I think Michigan should be able to win this game tonight. UCLA probably have better wings overall. No, they're just feisty, man. Like, they, their guards are good. Like, they just, uh, you know, Suzanne is probably the, the best, I don't know, he might be the best player, uh, you know, I don't know. I have to see. I'm not really sure. Wagner is okay too. That's um, yeah. uh, Mo Wagner's um, one. Yeah. I'm back. All right. So here. All right. So I'm gonna give it to you. I know you gotta go. You got the babies on there. But so what is your what is what? See you go. Hi Max. Are you gonna play for Or Roberts? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So let me ask you this, and I'm and I'll let you go. What's your prediction in terms of? Your fight, your complete final four. We already oh, got this. Um, well, I had Texas going way too far. So uh, that looked terrible, yeah. Um, I have Gonzaga. Yep. I have Baylor. Yep. Um, 
Houston's there. Houston's there, and they, they were my second team in the- Yeah, we both have the same. We both have the yeah. same final. And honestly, and I know it just seems like okay when you look at it at a very high level, you're like, man, like how does I even go undefeated? That's, That's tough. It's, it it's difficult. Whatever. It's difficult. We talked about this many times. When you just look at, it, forget about the fact that it is a thing like this hard to do. I'm just looking at how they play. They're yeah, big man, he's very gifted. Timmy, Timmy, no, I know. Tim, NBA, I look at college. Yeah, college. I agree with you. To, to, to Timmy, but remember, Timmy can step out and he's two to three a little bit. But Timmy's skill. Jay, what I tell you, Jay, about Timmy? The the mama tell you had the mustache. I told you how skilled he was, man. You've been telling me about a lot of these players, man. But I'm gonna ask Andre this. My question to you, Andre, who do you think, in, in, with your your eyes and your understanding of basketball? And how basketball works in the draft. Who you think is the best talent in in college basketball going into the uh, NBA draft? I mean, that's, that's gonna be a tough one. I think Suggs is definitely gonna be. Yeah. Uh, a I, you know what? You know I talk about Suggs a lot. I love Suggs. Two sport athlete. Remember I told you, Andre, yeah, 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 from yeah, Minnesota. You know, because you gotta remember part of the reason. This is the thing: the politics of NBA. Um, the scouts already know who they want. They, yeah. The guys who they want to pick from high school. Kentucky's a bad example. They're terrible this year, but I know, I, I know what you mean. UCLA did well that year uh, in the tour. They did okay in the, until they until uh, until they ran into until they ran into Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox dropped that forty-four on them. <laughs> Probably. I mean, he was a high-level um, prospect coming out of high school anyway, though. Kate Cunningham, Kate Cunningham's going probably number one, number two yeah. from Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, probably. From yeah. Oklahoma State. Yeah, so, state. You know, but I mean, honestly, I don't really see anybody that's going to be as explosive as the last couple of drafts. That's going to be like, oh my what? goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, see, you know how I am with you. I, you. You, you're not always that big on the draft until these guys prove it. But I am telling you, this draft is going to be one of the better drafts that we've had in a long I mean, time. Also, uh, no, no, I know. Yo, you really. Bro, you've been standing there all I'm year, sorry, bro. Look at you know how I know. This is how you know that this draft is gonna be great. Look at the tournament. 
That's evidence of how much talent, how much if you look at the talent pool of these guys that can play, mid-majors like Oral Roberts gonna have two guys that probably gonna go late second round. Just because there's a Nah, I'm telling you, Matt. I told I told my I told Jesse, I told my son, I said, Max has elevated himself from being undrafted. I can assure you he's going and I he's one of those guys that he looks like he's a good workout guy. Like he'll go into a workout, you know, and, and work out in front of a team. They're gonna be impressed. Right, he's a great. I mean, she don't got the same shot, but. I mean, he's much smaller. Yeah, he's much smaller. But I mean, his stroke is there. He's shooting almost ninety percent from three, over forty percent from the three. Like, there's nothing he can't do. He's just small. That's the only thing. Actually, you know, I'm going for the small schools. There's guys who deserve it who get overlooked. Right. So I hope he does. Um, but you know, politics and NBA sometimes is just a little bit. You know, this is heartening for a lot of guys. But, you know, I, I agree. I think it's a lot of talent. I think we've seen on TV like that. It's tons. It's tons. It's tons. It's tons. It's um, tons. It's and, and so we'll see. But, um, you know, you name a couple of guys like that's going to go number one. And then you got to remember the, the D-League guys. Yeah, Jalen Green. Jalen, I'm big on I, – I tell everybody, I'm big on Jalen Green, man. He is going to be – He's a he's a he's gonna be a top five prospect. There's a Andre. I'm telling you right now. You heard it here first. This is probably gonna be one of the because you're talking about Jalen Suggs. You you mentioned him. He's one of my favorites. You're talking about a guy who's probably the most complete guard in this entire tournament from top to bottom, and that's why. And he's a one and done. You know, Mark Few and Gonzaga. They, they don't really produce a lot of one and dones. He's gonna be a one and done. And I don't care what team you're whether he goes to whether he goes to Detroit or whether he goes to Houston or whether he goes to Minnesota, which will be a good fit for him, he's gonna be instantly a rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Brandon Roy. A little bit, but smaller, but yeah, I get what you mean. He's patient. Yep. He's patient with his game under control. He's like he plays with skill, not necessarily just a whole bunch of athleticism. And he's and he's a phenomenal defender. He averages almost two point two steals a game. He's the most complete point guard in this entire draft. But anyway, I know I know you gotta get ready to go because we about to wrap this whole this whole thing. Yeah, we gonna wrap this whole we gonna wrap this um this, this segment up. Um, but we wanted to get your take on, you know, this 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 March Madness thing. And you got who do you have winning? You have Gonzaga winning? Yeah, I mean, I, I got all these the kids and all that all over the. Uh, That's fine. It, it's real. So do you have Gonzaga winning the whole thing? Do you have Gonzaga winning? Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna hit you back. Um, we're gonna finish this up, and I'm gonna finish watching this um, Michigan UCLA game. Yo, UCLA will win. Okay, <laughs> they will win. I, no, no, we, you said that already. They will win. Okay, yeah, that's the only thing you keep saying. All right. So, so I think this is about it. We're gonna wrap this thing up. We already laid down my prediction. I think it's gonna be Gonzaga and Baylor. Although I still think Houston is a dark horse to upset Baylor. Baylor. Sometimes goes through offensive droughts at times, but they're still very complete. They're a little small than I would like, but, you know, Houston is, is balanced. I think Houston could eat, eat, not easily, but I think Houston could beat Baylor and they could find themselves in the final against Gonzaga, assuming Gonzaga wins. Um, so that's really pretty much my prediction when it comes to college basketball. Um, any, any last words, Jay, you want, you want to tell us <laughs> other than UCLA winning? Oh, yeah. Everybody also on the podcast, we're also opening up another segment and another part of we're going to be talking about 
relationships and we're going to have a lot of fun with what us men want in our perspective of how relationships go and we're going to talk about you know the overcompensation of both parties also we're going to talk about what kind of relationships what women refuse to understand and give up when it comes to relationships so y'all stay tuned for that i know well. you're looking forward to that jay <laughs> you're looking oh forward. yeah he can't wait for oh, that yeah. <laughs> he about to go in oh yeah i'm going in i'm going in yeah i know i know i know but that's it that's our time for today um we we definitely appreciate you guys continue to follow us on all social media platforms as instagram twitter you know facebook we have our youtube channel that we had we just started up so you can subscribe to that as well and um, Jay, any last words? We out of here, man. We out of here, man. It's another, it's, hey, it's another one, man. We good. Another one. All right, man. All right, dog.